Hey friend, are you looking for episodes that dive deep into your Enneagram type? Or are you searching for faith-based insights that transform your life? With over 300 episodes on the Simply Wholehearted podcast, it's easy to get overwhelmed. But don't worry, friend, I've got you covered. Introducing the curated, personalized podcast playlist that is just for you based on your Enneagram type. So get your copy to help you continue your path of self-discovery and spiritual growth. You can get it at simplywholehearted.com or just click the link in the show notes to get your personalized playlist. And let's continue on this transformative journey together. to have you choose to take this conversation along with you today. I'm Amy Wicks, your host, and here at Simply Wholehearted, we provide perspective, purpose, and plans to help you love God, love others, and live your best life. Today, I have the joy of sharing a conversation I recorded with my oldest daughter, Paige, who leads as Enneagram 7. We are chatting about how, from her perspective, the Enneagram has helped her understand herself, helped her love her siblings better, and even grown her relationship with the Lord. After our conversation, I'm going to share a few insights for all you mamas or wannabe mamas and how the Enneagram can strengthen your motherhood journey. This is mostly an entire episode dedicated to the Enneagram. So if you're just beginning your Enneagram journey and you need some advice about where to begin, then head on over to simplywholehearted.com where you can find my Enneagram quick start guide and my one-page summary, which gives you an overview of all nine Enneagram types. This will be a perfect way to follow along the conversation. Oh, and a shout out to Jessamine Unruh, previously Hamer, for the lovely music you are hearing in the background. Now, here's my conversation with Paige Wicks. Okay, Paige, you hear about the Enneagram a lot in this house, right? Yes. <laughs> Like, all the time? Mm, yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Does a day go by that we don't talk about the Enneagram around here? I don't think so, but there's, like, <laughs> one day, but I don't don't think so. And now here's the most important question. Do we talk about Jesus a little bit more than we do the Enneagram? Yes, I think we do. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> this yeah, is important. <laughs> I think we do, because, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Because um, we don't pray to the Enneagram. No. And we don't, you know, pray about the Enneagram. Technically. Not really. Just just that don't work out. <laughs> the Enneagram doesn't answer prayers. Nope. Nope. But it does answer some questions. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I would love to know and what I think my friends would like to know, you are about to turn 13. Yep. Yeah. But um, you have already figured out what Enneagram type you lead with. Yes. I'm a seven. You're a seven. I love being seven do you what do you love about being a seven they're so optimistic and they as other people would say um they bring joy into the room yes and they can make a person happy instead of sad yeah and they're just helpful and they'll they can be happy to do whatever most of the time yeah and they're adventurous and yeah i think what do you think helps them, or why do you think they're happy about most things most of the time? I don't know. I think 
at least for me, maybe, uh-huh. my imagination. I think most sevens have a lot of imagination, too. Yeah. And they can make something up. Like, you had it in a post. They can turn to- chores into um, something fun or yeah. a game or something. And that's I think it. that's really true Yeah, to us. Okay, so tell me something that you do that is mundane, boring, and frustrating, but because of your imagination or your ability to bring joy into a situation, it's not so bad. Um, cleaning the dishwasher out. <laughs> I just... <Okay. laughs> so what do you do now? I need to know. I don't know. I just like sing my... I sing myself a song in my head. Um, and like, I think it was a while ago, I pret- I was pretending, um, I was a housemaid for this rich lady. Ooh. And I had a terrible job. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I just made it fun. And I always get through cleaning the dishwasher out somehow but okay yeah Yeah. that's how you bear the difficult chore of the dishwasher yes which you only have to do every three days I might yes okay and even then dad pitches in and helps out or mom that's really only on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) this is true that's true okay so what was one of the things when you heard about the Enneagram and then you heard about the different types that you thought oh, I am for sure an Enneagram 7. Um, well, I heard about the Enneagram on your birthday. It was your That's right, we 38th, did it. 39th. Yeah, I think 38th. I made uh, everybody, like, you made, for my birthday gift. Yes. Everybody had to sit down. We were in Colorado, mm-hmm. and we did Beth McCord. Uh, yeah, Beth McCord's Discovering You, of course. Uh-huh. I remember sitting there, and I was like, can I try? She's in your lecture, because we were talking about personality tests earlier, mm-hmm. and I did not understand them, and it was really confusing. It was just, like, all all these numbers and stuff. And then when you went through it, I was like, wow, because I I really knew myself once I, once I read the seven, and we were all talking about it, and I was like, wow, the seven really seems like me. And I felt clear. It was like, wow. That's me. It's this saying is what why. you're thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's like the core fear. Mm-hmm. That was like, wow, other people yeah. think this? And then their, you know, superpower, you know, all those things. So I was like, wow, that's really true to me. That's awesome. Why do you think people should know the Enneagram type they lead with? It's really helpful to understand um understand yourself better and how to help yourself in ways um like when you go in stress or growth it's nice to know like how to grow in your stress mm-hmm. um and yeah, then how you handle it right? yeah and then it's kind of it's kind of like this is why I do this and it, it just really like I think it's a really good thing to like know about yeah yeah so how about for you as a, you know, a seventh grader, there's a lot of responsibilities and there's moments that you're stressed out or even your siblings might stress you out. So what are some of the things because you understand the Enneagram and your type that you do to help you deal with stress better? Um, I, sevens obviously don't handle stress as well, but um not very well um well all of us are prone to not handle stress very well true yes I think honestly ignoring it Mm -hmm. and just being like 
you know, like, just kind of not take it full on. Okay. Because it, sh- it shouldn't be full on. And you should, you know, do part of a time. For example, homework. That's mm-hmm. stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and sevens particularly, I think, would not like to do it because it's not fun. fun mm-hmm. Depending on what it is, like math or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just do it one at a time or something and just split it out so the stress falls away one by one. Yeah. So the connecting lines for an Enneagram 7, and it goes both ways, stress and growth, is an Enneagram 5 and an Enneagram 1. Okay. So what parts of you do you see reflected when you maybe take on the attributes sometimes of an Enneagram 1 or sometimes the attributes of an Enneagram 5? What does that look like? The Enneagram 1 I see that most in me. Okay. I am definitely a helpful person if I'm in the right mood. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'll do anything for you, and, and I'll I'll just, I'll comfort people. I'll help. That's one of the good things about sevens, too. You can help comfort people in, like, depression. I don't know. Just bring a light. Encourage. Encourage yeah. them. And just, yeah, help them, I don't know, take a... Uh, take a meal out to friends will be at least I will be willing to do that um, for most people and that's what I see in my one and And the one the one also is um uh, tends to think a little bit more systematically oh yeah I do and be motivated by having things in order Mm -hmm. and have kind of a perfected outcome so that's what a one um, tends to some of their motivations and behavior and a five tends to want to gain more knowledge and so oh, they yes. have an ins- insatiable appetite for learning more about things that's definitely me at school because i'm like even though there's parts of school you don't like there yeah. is some that you really love like i always i always shoot for the academic award every year at school i always try to get my best grades in class i I study really hard for tests, and I definitely see that five in me, especially. Yep. And like, that one in the drivenness, I mm-hmm. think. Yes. yes. So, Goal-oriented. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it probably doesn't help that you're the firstborn. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at <laughs> so all. So that's part of it. And you have a mom and dad who encourage you to go after those goals that you mm-hmm. set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are, like, really good encouragement because I don't think – Half the time I would do any of the stuff I do now without Aww. you. Well, do we pressure you? Do you feel pressure from us? No, I think it's totally out of my own will, too. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I, I think you do an amazing job. We're super proud of you. Thank you. And not just for your accomplishments, but because you desire to do really well and use your gifts in a really beautiful way. Thank so you. That, that's what makes us most proud. Okay, so... What do you think people can learn from knowing um, the Enneagram type of their siblings? Oh, it's really helpful that I know my brother's not, Miles is not technically old enough, but I can tell he's a three like you. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful to know, like, his style is really interesting, but you threes, <laughs> you're hard on your style. You just gotta, you gotta <laughs> stick with it. And then we can be hard on ourselves. This yes. Is true. <laughs> and then you always, you're accomplished too. And sometimes if you don't finish, if you have, you want to be accomplished every day. 
and that's how you make your feel your cells feel a little bit better. Yep. And then Haiti, I think she's an eight, and it's it's really nice to know like. You know, if you're fighting sibling, it's not nice to know their f- core weakness. <laughs> but yes, so why is that, my dear? That sounds a little diabolical. <laughs> well, no. Also, it's also nice to know um, their how to how to help them grow, mm-hmm. because you also you also want to be a good encouraging sibling yeah. to help them grow and then you know influence them, mm-hmm. and that might be what helps them grow and stuff. Yeah. How about the idea of knowing what it is that Haiti and Miles, the message their heart longs to hear? Miles is, is the same as yours. What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, that they're loved and wanted for just being them and not for their accomplishments. Yes, I can see that in Miles a lot. He, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he likes to be, in a way, he likes to be himself. And I totally see that. And he wants to be loved like that. And I think that's where... That's yeah, what he, he does. Anything. He's really picky about his yeah. friends too. Yeah, and most of his friends he have now really like who he is. Yeah, and they're like who they want to be. So yeah. I can definitely see that. Yep, yep, they are. They're they're kind of free to be unique in them. Yeah. Now for Haiti as an eight, the message her heart longs to hear is that she will not be betrayed. Okay. That I- she can be vulnerable and be safe with you. Yeah. Um, I can tell that too because. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it speaks everything. Yeah, that I, it makes that a ton of sense, right? Yeah, she like we. She likes to tell me things that she wouldn't tell anyone else, and she wants me to not be tough with her. I don't know, uh-huh. just be easy with her and not and her not have to be offended. Yeah, feel, you know, to um to criticize her vulnerability. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, I really see that and. Yeah, I really, I think it's really helpful too for a sibling. If you want to be influ- influential, then it's, yeah. it, there I you go, the Enneagram's your answer. Oh, I love it. That's great. Okay, for you, so for a seven, the message your heart longs to hear is that you will be taken care of. And part of being taken care of is also not having a restriction of, of boundaries. You don't want to be limited too much. Yeah. So... Now, mom and dad try to meet that message as much as much as possible, but sometimes we fail, right? Yeah. And ultimately, you can only get that message satisfied from the Lord. So how do you, in your relationship with the Lord, get that need met where you know that you will be taken care of, even if mom and dad don't or something in the world bad happens that doesn't take mm-hmm. care of you? Um, how do you find that? rest and safety in the Lord well first of all we have to be limited sometimes and that's okay but I've also learned that as I matured (laughs) (laughs) you're so mature Paige (laughs) thank you um the Lord just I can like as I've grown closer to him I definitely feel that he's going to take care of me and especially when I learned that I was like yeah God really does take care of us Mm -hmm. and just praying and if you like if you feel you're not, then he's going to, he's, he'll totally will. And you just have to ask him. Yeah. And that's what really helps me. That's so good. Okay. We'll end on this one. This is a really good one. Why do you think parents should learn about the Enneagram? Not only for them, but for helping, um, love their kids really well. Oh, um, yeah. Helping, 
helpful for their kids. Like, the Enneagram's really good for, yeah, it really helps parents because you understand your children just a little bit better than you knew mm-hmm. them because, of course, you're going to know him them, but um, just the Enneagram opens a whole no- another section that helps you just, you know, help them grow. Um, you can help them grow in parts that you didn't, you never knew. Mm-hmm. Um, you help help them out of stress, um, and help their help them to find their heart's desire. Mm, that's good. Uh, yeah, and it it I think it brings families closer because you understand each other a little bit more, and you can help each other in different ways. That's beautiful. I think it's a perfect way to end it. Didn't Paige do a fabulous job? I'm amazed at her maturity in moments like this. I am so grateful. And of course, now I need to find some topics for my other kids to come onto the mic to share because all three of them like this sort of thing as much as Paige does. Now, this idea of using the Enneagram to strengthen our motherhood has been a topic I've been unpacking for quite a bit. In fact, it really was one of the main reasons I became an Enneagram coach. I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I was looking for a way to encourage the moms in my life that wasn't a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all type of thing. I began to believe, conversation after conversation, each of us moms want the same things in life, but we each had a unique way of going about it. We also had a distinct motivation that would also sometimes get in the way of us having the rhythm and harmony we longed for in our home. The Enneagram isn't just about learning our number. It's understanding the mass that we have, and through insight, wisdom, and prayer, we can go from brokenhearted to wholehearted, even in our parenting. Now, I'm in the middle of finishing up several resources that will help you learn about all nine types, and a course that will not only help you confirm which type you lead with, but also teach you the specifics of the stances and the triads. But today, I'm going to whet your appetite with some Enneagram 102. This information builds on the knowledge you might have, but it will also provide you next steps in your motherhood journey, regardless if you're confident which type you lead with. Before I go any further, I think it's worth challenging a narrative you may have heard before. It's something similar to the idea that marriage and motherhood should be our highest calling. Let me be clear, these roles may be one I cherish most and continue to have as a priority, but my highest calling and yours as a Christ follower is to know him and make him known. That is to make him known to my family, but also for the people outside the walls of our home. Motherhood is not the end all be all. It's just one of the many amazing roles we get to play in our lifetime. This is why the Enneagram, when used as a tool of wisdom and insight, can be an amazing resource. Sometimes we need help to wake up and allow the gospel to speak to our unique needs, not only in our motherhood, but in every arena of our life. We need to be reminded and know we are free to be as God created and intended us to be in Christ. Now, with this established, we can continue to explore what it looks like to become wholehearted in our motherhood. If you're like me, and I think you are, you have various triggers, stressors, and weaknesses when you navigate relationships. And when we became a mom, well, suddenly there is a bright light shining on all of these. In my experience, it's helpful to begin to name them and bring them out of darkness and into the light so we can actually deal with it the right way. So for the sake of time, 
Today, I'm going to use the stances to talk through each type's general struggle with motherhood and how our orientation to time can help or hinder us. Yes, you heard me correctly. We have a unique orientation to time, and it's amazing as I explain it how it'll all make sense. For definition's sake, I'm going to talk about three stances. The first is the dependent stance. In the dependent stance are types one, two, and six. Then the withdrawing stances are types four, five, and nine. And the assertive stance, well, those are types three, seven, and eight. I think if we're speaking in general terms, the dependent stance one, two, and six they struggle with the boundaries needed in motherhood. The withdrawing stance struggles with the constant intimacy of motherhood, and that is the types four, five, and nine. Now, those in the assertive stance, the three, seven, and eight, they struggle the most with the mundane of motherhood. This is what I'm finding to be true again and again in the conversations that I have with my friends. For those of you in the dependent stance, again, that's the one, two, and six, your orientation to time is present. This is such a gift, especially to your children. But when it comes to training your children, remember that you are present oriented because you will tend to talk or over talk about the current situation when your child may already be ready to move on or need to take some time to withdraw from the situation. Also, you excel with being present in the moment with your kids. But don't allow the current demands to shut out your dreams for the future or discount what you've gained from the past. When you learn to celebrate that you offer the gift of being present, then you can also learn to implement the boundaries needed to pause as you train your children to evaluate better what they need and to give yourself the time needed to dream about your future and deal with your past. For those of you in the withdrawing stance, and again, those are types four, five, and nine, your orientation to time is past. This is a gift because you help the rest of us remember what we've already experienced that is valuable to our present and future. When it comes to training your children, remember this orientation because you will tend to bring up past mistakes or remember all the times they didn't change their behavior but your child needs you to just focus on this current experience or have you believe that they will do it better next time. When you learn to celebrate that you offer the wisdom of the past, you can also learn to give yourself time to process and withdraw alone from others. You also need to engage with others who can help you dream about the future and let the past go so you can focus on the present. For those of you in the assertive stance, and again, those are the three, seven, and eight, your orientation to time is future. This is a gift because you help the rest of us remember to dream about the possibilities. When it comes to training your children, remember this orientation because you will tend to move too quickly through the process with high expectations. Your child needs you to remember how far they've come and matured and they need you to be fully engaged in the training process, not just what needs to be done next. When you learn to celebrate that you offer vision for the future, you can also learn to give yourself time to make dreams and plans that liven up the mundane. You also need to give yourself time to acknowledge the past 
and the wisdom it has to offer. And give your dreams a rest so you can be fully present with those you love most. So, what did you think? Did you find this helpful? I'd love to know what you may have learned about yourself today. Now, if you haven't yet joined Simply Wholehearted on Instagram, then hop on over to the Enneagram conversation as we talk about why each type is a great parent. Hey, and while you're at it, would you leave a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so others know that they are welcome here and what to expect in our conversations? Next week's episode is going to be another conversation you'll want to pass along. This will be for all the teachers and parents who have kids in school or, well, someday. I know you already love my sister Annalise's conversation about Downton Abbey, but since she is a full-time school teacher, I thought it would be perfect to have her share how the Enneagram is a powerful resource for the classroom. So until next time, let's invite others to join us as we pursue perspective, purpose, and plans for a simply wholehearted life.